0: So I'd like to transition into the time of reading of scripture. So if you have a Bible or a phone that you'd like to open the app up on, it'll also be up on the screen. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew today. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. Our Gospel author writes, At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. And Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. And when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. And may God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing and understanding of Scripture hearts and minds are open. Amen.
1: You know, the the names that you give yourself are so powerful, aren't they? Uh, Some of them, uh, we we didn't choose. Some of them, people gave to us. Uh, Some of them really lift us up while others kind of tear us down. Whatever the case, the names you give yourself are powerful. Uh, many names that we have kind of generate these uncomfortable feelings. Do you know what I mean? Uh, when I was in high school, uh, my nickname was Bobo. Now, as an eighth grader, I was trying to figure out uh, who I wanted to be in high school. And my neighbor across the street, Derek, was in ROTC and. I thought that sounded like fun, and so I signed up for that, and the summer before my freshman year, Derek said, hey, some of us from ROTC are going to be playing football at the high school. Why don't you come and meet some people? And I was like, man, that's a great idea. I'll already know some folks before I go on to to campus, and I told my mom, well, ask my mom if I could uh, go and play football at the high school, and she said, yeah, just don't take your new shoes. And I thought to myself now, she shouldn't have to say that, right? But I was an eighth grader who was going into ninth grade, so I was probably pretty smart of her to say, don't take your good shoes. So I go in my closet and I get these old, beat-up, cheap shoes and I head off with my friend Derek to the high school. Now, if you're not familiar with ROTC, ROTC is a um, military class or organization to help prepare folks who might want to have a career in the military or or people who might just be interested in in that field. And the ROTC uh, group would elect its leadership from from those who qualify to to lead uh, the other cadets. The highest position you could have is company commander. And, And he was there on that day. We were playing football, and my friend Derek introduced me to... This guy who has tremendous influence, uh, they can really set the tone and culture of, of the entire uh, organization. And he looked at me, and he, he, he looked at my shoes, and he looked back at me and he said, Bobo's make your feet feel fine. Bobo's cost a dollar and a dime. Now. This was 1984. Don't judge him. He was not trying to be mean. He was just trying to be funny. Well, the name stuck for four years. My name was Bobo. And luckily for me, what started off as kind of an awkward uh, high school moment and this uncomfortable kind of derogatory word became a nickname of endearment. I became the company commander my senior year. And I want you to know that Robert got 20 votes and Bobo got 35 (laughs) votes. We often have an identity crisis because we have so many names that we place on ourselves. We're, We're parents, we're siblings, we're students, we're friends, we're athletes. I mean, the list just goes on. And on. And some of the names that we put on ourselves or, or that we take, we have to earn, like a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, and our scripture that, that Michael read for us today promises that no matter how powerful our earthly names are, they do not define us. As Jesus followers, we're given the name that really matters—people dearly loved by God. Uh, today is uh, a day in which the church looks at the baptism of Jesus, and. and the account we read from the Gospel of Matthew, but you can find the account of Jesus' baptism in every, each four of the Gospels. And from the earliest of Christian uh, communities, there's been quite a um, uh, difference of opinions on what to do with Jesus' baptism. Uh, You can see this in how all four of them say something a little bit different about the baptism of Jesus. Now, even though it was confusing to them, they still, all four of them, found it necessary to put it in their gospel writings. Uh, This makes sense to me. I have even had the thought, why did Jesus have to be baptized at all. Surely it wasn't because uh, he was um, asking forgiveness for his sins. <laughs> uh, and surely it wasn't because John was a greater teacher and mentor than Jesus. But why is it? Now, each one of the Gospels has their own take but all of them have this thread of Jesus' baptism signifies Jesus' identity. That he is loved by God and that he is the son of God. Uh, In all of the gospel accounts, Jesus is baptized before he starts his public ministry. Now, in the Gospel of John, uh, he is baptized and then he calls his disciples. Now, in the other three, he's baptized, then he's tested in the wilderness before calling his disciples. But in all four, it's apparent that Jesus' identity comes before the mission. The knowledge of who you are and what God names you comes before the mission that we have in the world. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water Heaven opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. This voice came down so that all could hear that Jesus was the Son of God. Now, now Matthew draws from some Old Testament language here, uh, specifically Psalm 2, verse 7, and Isaiah 42, verse 1, I find happiness in him. Or it could also be translated, he is my favorite. I just love that. Uh, One of my favorite uh, fiction books that, helps us see a glimpse of God's nature is the book called The Shack. Now, stay with me for a moment. Notice I called it a fiction book. This book was not written in order to be a biblically accurate account of things. It was written to show us a glimpse of what God's nature could be. And I really connected with the author's description of God and how God works in the world. And and let me tell you why. I grew up uh, having Sunday dinners at my grandmother's where my grandmother would be in the kitchen cooking Sunday dinner and talking about faith and life. So it's not a stretch for me. If you've read The Shack, you know the God character is is a woman who is wearing an apron and cooking in the kitchen. So that was not a leap for me at all. And one of the things God in the shack often says about people is, I'm especially fond of you. Or, he's my favorite. I just think that's really cool. God loves us just as we are, we don't do anything to earn it. God is already fond of you. God already finds happiness in you. God already loves us. Uh, that, that's why you notice Michael during communion, he, he talked about us having an open communion and he said it so brilliantly, that's why we have an open communion because everyone's welcome at God's table. We can only live into who God desires us to be to the extent that we embrace that we are dearly loved by God baptism is nothing less than the promise that God finds happiness in us. That we are his favorite. That God is fond of us no matter where we go, no matter what we do, God is fond of us. And God loves us. And that God will not abandon us. Uh, I talk a lot in here about bridging the gap. You know, um, for those of you that have been around, you've heard me say that that is um, becoming closer to the person that God desires us to be. That, That we take one step closer to becoming who God wants us to be. And I don't say this near enough, and I'll try to do better in 2023, but sometimes I think that we can think that we bridge the gap so that we can find favor in God and so that God will love us, and that is just not the case. The reason why we bridge the gap and the reason why we want to grow closer to who God wants us to be is in response to God's unexplainable, unimaginable love. Our living into who God desires us to be doesn't earn us anything. It's a reflection of a God who already loves us. Now, one of the tools the church has used over time to help people embrace that that they are loved by God is to remember your baptism. Now, baptism is a recognition that we are one of God's kids. Uh, there are different ways in which churches celebrate this wonderful symbol of, of God's grace, but they can be found in really two categories. So I'm not gonna break down all the ways in which we baptize, but two categories, a believer's baptism and an infant baptism. Now, believer's baptism Are churches that celebrate baptism when the person identifies that they want to be a follower of Jesus and they come forward and it's a mark of God's grace on their life that that they have invited God into their life and are now participating in what God wants us to do. Churches that practice infant baptism believe that God's grace isn't dependent on anything we do It's not dependent on us. Therefore, there's never a time which one is old enough, smart enough, or good enough to deserve it. Now, you won't be surprised because us Methodists, we're we're middle way kind of people. We practice both. Now, our, our main way of practicing is infant baptism. That's what we encourage folks. But we also practice believers baptism as well. We practice both because we understand that baptism is a mystery of God's grace. And when we remember our baptism, we remember that God loves us no matter what. I want to look at just a couple ways in which we can remember our baptism. One of the things that that we can do to help us keep our true identity is to remember the waters of our baptism. In the the Old Testament, uh, baptism was practiced as a a cleansing tool, a way to cleanse you of your sin. Now, we, uh, we, we don't use the word sin out in the culture. We'll use it in the church from time to time, but we don't talk about it a lot in the culture. Uh, And and for one, the church has abused what sin really means. Sin just means missing the mark. Sin is what we use to describe when we are letting other names get in the way of our identity in Christ. You know, in our culture, uh, we fall into what Uh, Kara Powell at Fuller Seminary in California calls the gospel of sin management. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I grew up believing that I had to go to bed at night and I better confess everything I did wrong uh, in case I died in my sleep. So I was covered. Now, this way of thinking, it distorts the reality of how God works in our lives. God doesn't work like that. This way of thinking makes people feel as if there's nothing they'll be able to do to earn God's love. And so they give up. And they don't even try. And that's not how it works at all. Remembering that we are covered by the love of Jesus through the waters of our baptism helps us have the courage to truly change our hearts and minds. It inspires us to have the courage to bridge the gap and become closer to who God wants us to be. Uh, I'm going to look at a couple different parts of our traditional baptismal covenant that you can just go down the hall and find in the hymnal if you want to look at it. And because it says what we as people have thought about baptism for a long time. Here's what it says about the water of baptism. Uh, usually, the pastor or an assistant will say, Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water in those who receive it, to wash away their sin, to clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives. What I'm about to say might sound a bit weird. Just hang with me for a minute. When you encounter water in your life, remember your baptism. When you take a shower or or a nice hot bath, you're getting clean, right? Remember that God is fond of you, that God loves you, that God has made you clean. Family is another reminder of our true identity. Uh, When Tracy and I presented our kids, uh, Hannah and Drew, for baptism, it was a profound experience for us. Uh, Again, let me read from our baptismal covenant Will you nurture these children? This is to the parents. Uh, Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. When we presented our kids for Christian baptism, we were saying we are going to be a part of this faith journey with you. We are gonna partner with you as we go through life together. Um, One of the things that that our team likes to talk about, and if you have a child or youth, hopefully you've heard them say it, that the parents are the most influential person in a kid's spiritual life. Kendra Creasy-Dean, in her book, Almost Christian Said, Uh, If you want your kid to get serious about their spiritual life, then get serious about your spiritual life. One of the things I think that we can do starting right now to help us get serious about our spiritual life is begin to have conversations about life and faith in the home. It's one of the most significant things that we can do. All right, I want to take a little bit of a time out and acknowledge that families are not perfect. My family, our family, is definitely not perfect. Uh, Chaos uh, rules the home a lot more than tranquility. And for some folks, family dynamics are unhealthy, and they're even sometimes volatile. If that's you, I've got some good news. You are not alone you have an extended community that will walk through life with you. We are living in the most loneliest time in human history. And for us to embrace our name and our true identity in Christ, we need to remember our community. We need to remember that we are surrounded by each other, that we are not alone in this world. Uh, This is why our our senior pastor, Mike Holly has developed a relationship series that starts next week called Real Relationships. So that we can begin to build real relationships with each other, within our families, so that we can walk with each other in this world. The church offers real hope for a world that is in desperate need of it. My last excerpt from our baptismal covenant, At, toward the end, uh, depending on who's the pastor, uh, and they'll do it in different ways, but a lot of times I'll have the congregation say together these words, Uh, With God's help, we proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. I want to invite the band to come up as we close this, this time of our service When we remember our baptism, we remember that the purpose of our church community is to be there for each other. We remember that everyone's important and that everyone has something to bring, so we're going to bring our best. You know, when we bring our best, then God really just shows out. When we bring our best, we're able to connect with each other and God in ways that we could have never even thought of. I hope that you will make the year of 2023 the year that you own the reality of your name, that you're a child of God who God dearly loves, who God already at this moment finds happiness in. And you're his favorite. Uh, As we were talking about it this week, uh, I get the privilege of of hanging out with Jeremiah every Tuesday and we're talking about this scripture and, and he'll just throw some insights in that are just awesome. And I had to share this one with you. He said, God doesn't put up with you. He's proud of you. The names you give yourself are powerful. Are you just hanging on to those names that really don't matter? You don't have to. The only name that matters is child of God, dearly loved. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for giving us a place and a community to work together. Oh, God, be with us. Help us to remember our baptism and that you dearly love us. In Jesus' name, amen.